This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of the Bartholomew Town Podcast. It's Bill Bartholomew here with you as I am each and every Tuesday and Thursday, and of course, whenever breaking news happens, and excited to announce now every Saturday at three o'clock on WPRO, the Bartholomew Town Radio Hour, where we'll have content that you hear on the podcast plus some additional stuff. I'm excited to say that launches this Saturday at 3 p.m. on WPRO. But for today, an interesting conversation with Brian Fitzgerald, who is the owner of the Admiral Fitzroy Inn in Newport, right there on Thames Street. Really, in frank terms, about small businesses emerging from the pandemic and what needs to be done to sort of uplift and improve the small business environment, not only here in Rhode Island, but generally speaking and throughout the United States in the wake of the pandemic. The ideas here come from a report that came out last week that I was uh, privy to, I guess like a week and a half ago, I had a chance to review it, titled From Pandemic to Prosperity, Bipartisan Solutions to Support Today's Small Businesses. So that's what drives this conversation, um, but I think it gets really nuanced and specific in terms of Newport and Rhode Island as a whole and kind of where we need to go. There's no question about it that small businesses are the backbone of our economy, um, certainly micro entities as well. So it's important to make sure we have an environment and opportunities for our small businesses to do their thing, right? Keep the economy moving in an organic way, you know, not... um, not to dismiss other portions of our economy and other issues at hand. There's no doubt about it that there's plenty to address. But specifically speaking today, small businesses emerging from the pandemic here on B-Town. Remember to follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, yes, even Facebook, all that business. Just search for me at Bill Bartholomew. So in my hands, I have a report from the Bipartisan Policy Center, From Pandemic to Prosperity, Bipartisan Solutions to Support Today's Small business Businesses, I should say. And as I perused this, um, what was it, 80-something page document here, it's, it's clear that there are ideas for significant solutions uh, that, that, are, that exist. Some have been sort of, we've had trial balloons on, on them. Others are more conceptual. Um, I guess let's start by, Brian, if you'd introduce yourself and explain your connection to this universe, and then we'll get into what needs to happen to uplift small businesses, which we know there's the somewhat generic expression of, well, small businesses are the root of Rhode Island's economy, so on and so forth. But that's the reality as well. And I think you can extrapolate that on a national and perhaps even global basis. Thanks, Bill, and thank you for taking the time to meet with me this morning. I really appreciate the uh, the forum. Uh, I am Brian Fitzgerald, and I own the Admiral Fitzroy Inn, which is a small boutique hotel in the heart of Newport, Rhode Island. It's right on Thames Street. It's also a pretty historic building. It used to be the convent of St. Mary's Cathedral Church, where JFK and Jack Onassis were married years ago. The building was physically moved down onto Thames Street and is now the Admiral Fitzroy Inn. And I've owned the building and the uh, business for about 15 years or so. I've also done a lot of um, entrepreneurial stuff back 30 years, both in high tech and in hospitality. And so that's where it finds me here. Uh, a few years ago, I was approached by Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses, which is an organization sponsored and paid for by Goldman Sachs to educate and train and um, develop uh, the 10,000 businesses across the United States. That's why it's called Small Business 10,000. There's actually been almost 12,000 businesses that have been trained through it. It's an extensive program through Babson College, 
but it's taught at CCRI, where I attended. Uh, and so we are an organization of over 10,000 alums, and we stay together and we talk about stuff and we try to support each other, especially through this last two and a half years, which has been really difficult. There's an offshoot of that called Small Business 10,000 Voices. And Small Business 10,000 Voices, which I'm also a part of, is uh, was instrumental in putting this um, report together that you see. So that's the connection between, between me and them, if you will. Small businesses, it turns out 99% of employer firms in the United States are characterized as a small business. And we, as, as a collection, uh, produce about 50% of all the jobs in the United States. So it's a, it's a big deal. And COVID has really hit a lot of communities very hard, especially in Rhode Island, and especially in hospitality, and especially in Newport. Oh, yeah. I have a firsthand knowledge of that one, boy, I tell you. And, uh, and so uh, even though uh, COVID is subsiding, there's all kinds of residue issues that small businesses are facing right now that are uh, put us in a tenuous situation. So this policy report is to inform the policymakers and others about the needs for some sort of additional help and reconstruction of, of the help that we already have. Uh, one big one, by the way, is the SBA should be reauthorized, if you can believe it. It's been 22 years and it needs to be reauthorized to be able to focus on today's problems, not problems of 22 years ago. Right. But then it goes through a lot of specific things. There were four major national task forces that ran in preparing this report. Uh, one was focusing on access to capital. One was on workforce and competitiveness. One was on government contracting. And a fourth and final one was on childcare. I happened to sit on the workforce and competitiveness task force. And we met over the winter months to, to basically put together this survey that we collected from all of us. Uh, the ten, the 10,000 folks. So the, the data and the statistics are actually from a very large group of small businesses all across the country. But if I focus a little bit more close to home on Rhode Island, you know, Rhode Island has some unique challenges, but it's just as difficult. To give you an idea, um, about 90% of us are dealing with how high inflation is killing our companies. And 75% of us can't find enough workers. And I would say the number is probably even higher in Newport. So COVID took me uh, as a hotel owner and threw me a loop where I was actually closed two times for many months on end. I wasn't even sure how I was going to be able to keep the, uh, keep the business running, retain my key employees and so forth. Uh, PPP and EIDL loans that were initially offered in 2020 have been used up for the most part for most of us. And uh, so we roll into 2021 and the tourists came back domestically, not internationally, but domestically. But we didn't have enough staff to stay open seven days a week. As you know, Newport works on sunshine. And, and if we don't make our revenue in the summer, we are kind of dead meat in the winter. <laughs> And so with that, uh, we left a lot of revenue on the table because I had to close. I only worked with one third of the staff I would normally have. The staff constraints were very, very difficult. And what I found was I couldn't compete with the big businesses of Newport. 
the multinationals that uh, could franchise, the multinationals that could raise corporate bonds to raise cash, they could go to the foreign exchanges and get money. I can't do any of that stuff. I'm a little guy. And so they were capitalized well. I wasn't. I struggled. Um, and because of that, I couldn't offer the benefit and employment packages that large businesses in Newport could offer. And I even lost employees. There were large business managers coming down to offer my employees better jobs and better positions, even as they came into work last summer. It was very, very hard. And I don't see it really changing very much this year as well. Wow. So hopefully this report will get folks' attention. Uh, I'm really appreciative to have the forum to talk to you about it a little bit more. And uh, let me stop there. Yeah. So those are four significant areas that I think every small business, even micro entity, sole proprietor, so on and so forth, um, can, can certainly wrap their heads around. And you know, certainly during the pandemic, a lot of these things were brought to the surface. I think just going to point four, skipping ahead, we'll obviously go through them all. But with childcare, just yesterday, then former governor, now Secretary of Commerce, uh, Gina Raimondo, spoke at Brown University and emphasized how critical access to childcare is and how it has significantly diminished, even on an anecdotal basis, women in the workforce. And and, and I think that the, the people overlook that as a key metric when in terms of staffing and in terms of productivity. But I want to go back to access to capital because look, you know, we saw with the PPP loans, you know, there was some fraud, there was this, that, and the other. But for the most part, it was a life raft for businesses to get from point A to point B. You know, I can't speak to owning a hotel or having a a multi-employee small business in Newport, but certainly I, as a musician myself, you know, I saw my revenue go from a significant portion of my overall income to zero overnight. And boy, does that impact your bottom line, extrapolate that out. So having consistent access to capital, how do we, how, how should that take place? What are the mechanics in your opinion? What are the key takeaways from this report? Uh, well, access to capital is a, is a fundamental issue for small businesses, especially in industries that are hit hard by COVID, like hospitality. Uh, and so to give you an idea, um, I had a very strong 2021 season because of all, uh, of all the uh, guests coming in, which was really helpful. It re was recovered pretty well. I didn't make as much revenue as I could have made because of staffing issues. But when I go to, to try to get a conventional loan, and I am trying to do this now, um, I get turned down, not because... I might have good or bad numbers, but because I'm in hospitality, conventional funding does not flow uh, to um, an industry like hospitality right now. And even if it did, uh, lenders look at your 2020 return uh, and say, well, gee, you did really lousy in 200, 2020, you know, and they count that as part of uh, a part of the decision process. Wow. So what the SBA could do, for example, is to um, do a better job in underwriting loans so that the year 2020 isn't necessarily counted in. In addition to make more and uh, different loans available to reinstitute the EIDL, the emergency in, um, impact disaster loan. Uh, that loan has since expired and uh, it hasn't come back. So uh, that would be a big, big plus. 
access to capital has a direct effect on all aspects of my business. If I have more capital, I can be more competitive in workforce and wages, for example, and maybe even have a benefit that would help the child care issue uh, to employees that need that kind of a benefit. But if I don't have access to capital, it's really hard to even keep the lights on. So those are the sort of things. Nothing huge, but you know, just focusing on small business and not large business. Support the podcast for as little as $3 per month by heading to patreon.com slash Bartholomew Town. Hey, beginning this Saturday on WPRO at 3 p.m., it's the Bartholomew Town Radio Hour featuring content from the podcast and much more every Saturday, 3 p.m. on 99.7 FM, AM 630 and 99.7 WPRO.com. Now back to B-Town. And there's also, you know, key metrics inside of this report that that state disparity in terms of of racial identity in terms of, of access to and amounts of capital, you know, in, in speaking acutely to Newport um, and, and from your perspective, I suppose, um, I don't know if you can, you can speak to that at all, if you, or if even just comment on the notion that there's a lot of, there's a lack of equity across the board uh, that, that obviously it's baked into the cake here in a lot of ways in our, in our society, but how critical is it for, as these programs are rolled out, if they are in fact rolled out, for there to be an eye towards equity, um, not only on a social justice standpoint, but from a general economic um, activity standpoint. I think it's really critical that uh, we have a level playing field between uh, all the all minorities and all situations, and between large and small businesses and our needs and and what we are doing for the communities. Um, small business 10,000 uh, is fundamentally designed to help our businesses grow, which means we create new jobs. And uh, and with a particular focus on uh, minority and female-owned businesses. So uh, I think that effort uh, needs to continue and that playing field has to be level uh, across all, all ethnic groups. Inside the report, there's a graph, there's a pie chart that is speaks to staffing, and it's it's pretty shocking in a sense, but it also kind of sounds like what we've been hearing, which is that 90% of small businesses face some level of difficulty in finding and recruiting and, I guess, retaining qualified employees. Um, you know, you think about Newport, for example, I mean, there's a housing crisis there. You know, you got a million Airbnbs that have taken housing away from people. Um, gas prices now, so on and so forth, commuting to Newport from, I don't know where you could even live now, maybe North Tiverton or I don't know where, um, how, how does, how does that all get resolved? What, where does it start? There's this pile of problems. What's step one to being able to get the, the proper number and, and number of employees and employees who are properly um, equipped to serve in different roles. Newport's got a particular problem because of all the um, things that you just mentioned. Um, and if you look at an employee in hospitality, they tend to be on the lowest side of the wage scale and, and they need uh, additional help and support from small businesses and large businesses as well, as far as childcare, transportation, uh, maybe even housing and, uh, and those sorts of things. And, uh, and if you don't have that, you're just not going to have enough folks to, to work all the jobs in Newport. And I don't know what the end game is going to be if that happens. 
But uh, I think there might be a constriction in Newport as far as businesses if we cannot get enough people to work. Um, the If you make the small businesses more strong, we can offer better benefit packages to small to uh, employees. And that can be along the line of assisting in childcare, a retirement plan. Just a simple retirement plan is uh, is a daunting task for a small business to offer. Healthcare, just competitive wages against the big businesses that are not that many in Newport, but most of us are small businesses there and those sorts of things. And so we could use, um, use help breaking down those barriers um, to give you an idea of the employee retention credit that was offered last year is the it's a very onerous type of application. Most small business people can't even go through the, get through the process to get those kind of help. Only six percent of us actually got any help from the employee retention credit. It was widely publicized as a, uh, something to help retain employees, but many of us just could not get through it. You know, small business person, I'm I'm the accountant, the CEO, COO, the CEO, the marketing guy, water the plants. And uh, and I don't have time to go through all that, nor the money to spend on bringing in professional people to go through that kind of an application. So simplifying the process can help too with us. Yeah, and that sort of leads to the, um, you know, the, the next thing, which is procure, uh, procurement of and otherwise obtaining government contracts. I mean, there are some people that if they ever have to look at a DUNS number or log on to SAM.gov ever again, they're going to go live on a remote island somewhere. <laughs> um, you know, it's an, it's a, can be a nightmare. Um, and there's a lot of inequity in there. So key takeaways with respect to obtaining government contracts. Yeah, government contracts are really difficult for small business just because of all those things. The process to even apply for small for small business for a government contract is a pretty daunting task. Big companies do it all the time. They have a whole staff that might even be looking at it, a legal team that might be on it. And you're right, getting a just getting a nuns number is really, you know, tough, you know. And so a lot of small businesses kind of give up and don't do that. So we're looking to actually uh, strengthen uh, the simplicity of a small business to be able to compete with that. We do employ half of the employees in, in the United States. We should be able to compete for government contracts a lot better. Yeah, you would think so. And and that uh, that those same processes, uh, to make it a fancier version of the word, are are used for a lot of grants and so on and so forth as well. And it's extremely right. onerous even for someone who's fairly adept at navigating these types of things. Um, the last piece, and we sort of already touched on it, but childcare. And again, it can't be overlooked. Um, I mean, come on, let's get real. There's There's no question about it that anecdotally, Factually, this contributes to opportunity for economic growth in either a very productive way or in a very negative way. And there's really no middle ground. So we can look at other nations. We can look at ideas that are put forth with pre-K. But at the end of the day, um, within the space of small business and and I guess, workforce in general, that's probably the place to build upon this idea. Your thoughts, I know you already sort of offered them, but just sort of wrapping up on this notion of childcare as a pillar of small businesses being able to move forward. I, I think childcare is pivotal, um, you know, especially in hospitality where the job is really at the site. 
it's not on a Zoom uh, call, phone call because you're physically at the hotel or at the restaurant or at the event facility. And which means if you are younger and have uh, children that need childcare, you need childcare or you're not going to be able to come to work. Uh, childcare costs in Rhode Island and Massachusetts are one of the highest in the nation on top of it. Uh, and, um, and so we look at how to help an employee that has a uh, small child at home. Can we offer a subsidy? Can we find, help find a place? If, a lodge, if we're a lodge business, we might even have a daycare center on site, but we can't afford that. So that puts us at a competitive advantage, uh, disadvantage against, um, against lodge businesses. But that is something that has to be addressed to, uh, to unlock the workforce, especially in the retail and hospitality areas. Ryan Fitzgerald, spelling it out for us, what we need with small businesses coming out of the pandemic and moving forward here. Rhode Island's podcast of record. B-Town.